Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm a park ranger for a state park in the Pennsylvania Game Commission. I was working one day, and something I've never seen before stared me down as I was hiking to a remote campsite. I've never seen a deer act like they did. They were terrified, unlike anything I've seen in behavior. I have seen coyotes and even bear, but this was something different. I've heard the term dogma before reading this, and after speaking to a fellow Native American friend, he said he had heard of similar creatures. I have to say that the incident, I have been followed a couple of times. I'm only writing this to you because my father said that I will be helped by reaching out to somebody who knows what they're talking about. I have vowed to carry a weapon with me every time I go out, even on personal occasion. If you decide to read this, maybe your audience can offer some advice. I am a fire park ranger in Alberta, Canada. This will be a series of events that happened to me over the past five years of service. This isn't normal for me to write my feelings online, but someone close to me said that I should try. 
I already have a lot of trouble explaining what happened, so please bear with me. I've been a fan of no sleep for the past five years. Basically, since the first night shift I took here in the watchtower. My job is simple. I either sit in the weather tower or the watchtower. Either way, I spend my day watching one of the most beautiful views one can see. Mountains, lakes, and miles and miles of forest. During the night, it's like being in space. I can't see anything except the stars and the moon shining through the tower. My tasks are to respond to problems nearby the tower, day or night, and watch for any signs of smoke. I am trained to respond to service call or wolf call, deploy and investigate alone. I prefer working nights, if you ask me. Something with the way things are during the night makes me want to just sit down and relax. That's when I started reading stories on Nosley. At first it made me a little uneasy with where I was since I work alone in a tower that moves a little every time the wind blows. Every time the tower shakes, it feels like someone is climbing up the ladder. I lost count of the nights that I sat right next to the entrance door, paranoid. After a while, I got used to the ambiance, and I got really comfortable with my work, maybe a little too much. This blog will tell you stories in a series of posts of my most awkward and weird events that happened to me in the past five years. So ladies and gentlemen, sit tight, hold onto your beer or coffee, and be prepared to be entertained in the most terrifying way possible. Uh, a bit too much. March 17, 2015 10.45 p.m. My shift starts usually at 10.30, but that night I was a little late. I had already called in to tell them I'd be a couple of minutes late, so I wasn't really rushing to get there. To get to my tower, I have to drive a good 20 minutes in a dense forest at maybe 20 kilometers an hour. Then I'd find a parking and walk 10 minutes in a little path that would bring me to the tower. Not scary at all if you are a trained ranger. As I was walking down the path, I didn't use my flashlight since the full moon was at its full peak. I could see very well, and I decided to put on my earphones and listen to some rush. The path brought me the uh, cliff full of wet in small oak threes. When you're walking up the cliff, you can see the weather tower at the top of it, so I didn't have much to walk left to get to my position. As I was scrolling down my iTunes lists, I had this weird feeling in my head. You know the feeling that you are being watched. I actually thought there was something since my area was full of mountain lions and other cute but dangerous creatures. So I decided to pick up the pace and try to get there without getting hunted down by some big cat. Now at a certain point when you're approaching the tower's territory, some light stick starts lighting up to show you the right path to the right tower. I was going to the weather tower, so I followed the right path. The lights are activated with a motion detector, so when I passed one, two couple of lights ahead will light up. That's when I saw something weird a couple meters down the path, not an even 30 feet from the gate. The light were turning on and off, as if someone was ahead of me. I stopped and took off my earplugs and I yelled, uh, Yo, who's there? Nothing. The lights turned off. I shrugged it off, thinking it was maybe a small animal or something. I walked maybe five or six meters, and the lights at the gate turned on again. Standing in front of the gate, a man. At least from where I was looking, it looked like a guy. 
I couldn't tell if it was one, the uh, guys from the tower, but there was a guy standing in front of the gate. I stopped again, annoyed and confused. I yelled loudly, Hey, man, this is private property. Do you work here? Lights turned off again. Now I was getting spooked a little. I decided to pick up my radio and call in my station. But the radio obviously was dead. As I was about to start walking again, the lights turned on again, and the man was walking up the stairs leading to the entrance of the weather tower. I started running like crazy to try and caught up with him. At that point, I was dead set on talking to the guy. I got to the tower finally, assuming the guy was inside with my co-workers. Since there's like five minutes between him getting inside and me getting at the bottom of the stairs, I would have saw him climb down in between for sure. I was about to open the door to enter the tower and I looked behind me because of the same feeling I had earlier. Convincing myself I was reading too much of no sleep at night, I entered. Hey man, sorry I'm late. Where the guy? My co-workers looked at me confused. What guy? I've been alone since you left this morning. So I'm either going crazy or I actually saw someone and he magically went down the staircase without me noticing it. Either way, that night I was not on a weather watch. December 15th, 2015. Eastern Tower. 6.10 p.m. Eastern Tower to North Tower. Please acknowledge my checkup call over. That evening was one for the ages. Big snowstorm mixed with some violent wind. I tried to communicate with the Northern Tower since my shift started that morning. I eventually was able to pick up a small but brief okay from them at 10 a.m. Normally we have to call in every two hours to check if everything is going well in our respective area. The Northern Tower would always initiate the call by saying, Northern Tower to Eastern Tower, good morning. Everything is pretty boring up in here and we wish you a disastrous day, over. I would normally reply in fashion, but that day was not like any other day. Something felt off about the storm, mostly because it came out of nowhere. My radar was showing a nice winter blue sky for the entire day. After their short answer, it seemed like the storm was picking up intensively, which was the reason with my communication problem with the other tower. Mainly the reasons that nothing was working on that day, too. Statics in communications, power bump, power shortage, and the Wi-Fi was not working properly. Since I could not reach the tower and I had nothing to do for the next four hours, I decided to go in the back room to lay down for a while. I would eventually have to wake up before my replacement comes, so I've set an alarm for 6 p.m. Something about the peaceful sound of the wind made it easy to simply drift away and sleep. The alarm I have saved was turned off when I woke up. The sound of static was loud in the console. Someone was trying to reach me by radio communication. East Tower. This is North Tower. Can you repeat your last message? Over. I awkwardly got up, stumbled on my winter boots to finally reach the console. Something was off. I felt something weird inside, almost as if someone just left the room. But why would they say this? What last message? I slept for nearly three hours and I never got up to pee. Even more to go play radio with the tower up north. I didn't want it to sound too tired on Mike, so I gave myself a couple of slap on my face to try and wake me up a little bit more. 
with the most obvious as I just woke up voice. I replied, North Tower, this is East Tower. I didn't send any call for the past four hours. Over nothing, only static. Again, I was thanking damn nature for the pain in the ass day I was having. Eventually, I had no choice to start a malfunction report due to the lack of communication. I hated those reports, probably because I'm a little too much of a lazy person. Coffee in hand, I was sipping and writing my way through my report when the tower lost power. It was pitch black inside. My anxiety reached an all-time high when I could not find any working flashlights. Enraged by the temperature outside, I stumbled around the console trying to look for a potential light source. That's when it happened. A weird clicking sound right next to me coming from inside the radio monitor. The light from the monitor started to open on and off until the radio completely turned on. The sound of static coming out of the thing started to amplify more and more until I succeeded and unplugged the monitor. No power and the radio was working. What the hell? My heart was still racing after ten minutes of me, trying to figure out why with no poir can a radio turn on. I sat on the main chair and closed my eyes for a moment. I was feeling myself relaxing, the wind blowing on the tour, the snow colliding on the windows. Everything of this place was made to make a man fall asleep. East Tower, help is on the way. Please stay still, over. I jumped the F out off the chair. Chills were going down my spine. No freaking power nor connection to a power source. I reached down for the microphone. Sweating due to an extreme nope situation I was having. Realizing mid-through that the voice was not the same as I remember, it was already too late. I replied briefly, Who's this? I've waited a couple of minutes for an answer. I was getting angry at that point. I grabbed the microphone and I yelled, Who the F is this? What's going on? What's? The communication was cut short. The power was restored miraculously. I plugged in the monitor and started to make a distress call to the Northern Tower. I was freaked out all right. Oh, Northern Tower, this is Ute. Eastern Tower. Did you just call me five minutes ago? Over. And his answer was to this day, the moment when my third eye opened widely, he said. Eastern Tower. Where the hell were you? I tried calling you for the past three days. And I replied, I'm fine. I tried to call you since my shift started seven now. What do you mean three days? You've been MIA. For the past three days, SRR teams are all over the place. You've placed a distress signal from far up west. Reality can be tricky sometimes. When you work too much and are secluded in one place for a long period of time, you can lose your path a little. But to me, I never lost myself. I fell asleep three hours ago to wake three days later, naked in a console looking outside the window. The beautiful blue summer sky. No clouds in the area, only the beautiful sight of nature of the Canadian wilderness. Birds were singing that morning, and I could see. Wait, where's the snow? It's, it's December. When I was around 17, 18, some friends invited me to a hunting, fishing, or camping kind of thing. 
I rarely went so far north in my country, so I agreed, despite not having anything to do with this kind of stuff. I feel like I have to say I'm from Moldova, Eastern Europe. Those woods connect with Romania and Ukraine, at least they did back in the day. I'm 28 now. A huge forest, even experienced hunters get lost sometimes. I also have to add that our hunters don't have trails made specifically for them. No trail, no camps made for tourists or hunters, not nothing. It's pure mother nature in you. We do have tourist spots, but they never go really far. We must have walked two, three hours before we even found the spot. We camped there, and after a while, we went deeper. After four hours, we picked up signs that there is a boar somewhere. We went after it and even split when someone saw fox signs around. I went with three others after the fox. We went towards, and I even saw from afar, but something scared it, and it went in a different location, very fast. We also noticed some movement. The location is higher than us, and for some reason, we decided to go there. At first, we thought it's other hunters, but soon enough, we understood it's something else. We found the spot, but no one was there. Blood all over the place. I never thought things like that happen in real life. Five meters around splashes of blood. Some stains even led further from the spot. I was enchanted by it and wanted to go after it, but then my friend stopped me. The most experienced one said to go back slowly, and he even took his gun in his hand. He usually kept it at his thigh, not the hunting rifle. I got scared very fast because obviously it was not right. But that was nothing because then I saw a human hand ripping pieces mauled by big teeth. I noticed how my friend would look around and knowing him, I knew someone was watching. We went back very fast and the guys circled me for protection. I think the fact that my badass friends were so protective of me raised the biggest red flags for me because they're usually not this way. We tried to call the others but no signal and one of my friends made a fire with smoke. One hour passed and nothing. I knew they had to fire a couple of times in the air to signal them, but somehow they were afraid to do it, because according to my friend, someone else could know where we are. Another friend replied, Too late for that. They are close. At this point, I started to laugh because I thought they are pranking me until I heard something in the direction where we came from. They never explained anything to me, but from what I understood when they talked to each other, there was this vicious and smart pack of wolves that come from the mountains. Either Romania or Ukraine. Deforestation is a real problem in those countries, especially Romania. So many wild animals that disappeared in our country started to appear recently. They encountered this pack a while ago, but thought they went back or scared them off. But apparently... They came back to the place where my friends usually gathered. The thing is, they're not afraid of firearms like common wolves in my country are. So, basically, we couldn't reach our friends, and according to the friends I was with, the pack went after them after tracking us. This is still illogical to me, but it was logically for them, so who am I to question them? This pack also attacks people, hungry or not and even hunt people much more often than other animals. Last time they met the pack, they went after them for 50 kilometer until they reached their destination near water. They used their firearms on them, but nothing helped. Two of my friends decided to... 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Go after the others and warn them about the pack. Me and the friend that stayed left almost everything in the camp and basically went back home. My two friends also took a bare minimum and ran. It was midnight and still... No sign of my friends. Not even a signal. The friend that was with me couldn't handle the pressure and equipped himself with grenades and army clothes and went to the camp in case if any of them came back. Later that night, I saw his signaling fire at the camp. I tried to stay occupied and started to clean up when I hear howling, very close. I looked at the window that faces the forest and nothing. Then after the second howling, I realized they're near the house. Somehow they managed to jump the fence, and they actually circled the house. They were walking in the circle. Someone called, and I have to say, I was never so scared and happy in my entire life. Scared because I jumped when it rang. One of my friends were practically screaming in the phone to go in the basement and release the puppy. To say that I'm shocked is to say nothing. I couldn't understand a lot of things, he said, because the signal was bad, also because he was screaming. They knew the pack is at the house and they were coming, but for some reason. I had to go in the basement to get some puppy. Honestly, I think subconsciously I knew what was going on, but at the time I was too scared to think. I found a baby wolf in the basement. My genius friends thought it's a good idea to bring in their house the baby of the wolf pack that killed people. I was never more angry at them than that time, and they have done stupid things before. The problem was that if I opened the door at the basement to release the puppy, the wolves could get me. So I decided to take it to the second floor and put in a basket or a smith and gently put it on the ground with a rope. I found everything I needed when I heard scratches on the door. The wolf mama wanted to get in. And honestly, if she knew how old the house is, she would just probably put her weight on the door and then she would easily come inside. I went to the balcony and slowly started to get the basket down. The wolves were there, looking at me and all my moves. The she-wolf was easy to spot. She ran towards the puppy. I have to stay. The reunion was touching, but the wolves were only happy for five seconds. One of them even tried to jump at me. I was hypnotized. I watched them take the puppy and going where they came from. The she-wolf took the puppy in the teeth and dumped the fence. The rest of them jumped too, except one. He must have been the oldest. He had very smart eyes. He looked at me for a long time before he jumped too. I was scared and fascinated in a couple of times when he went into the forest. He would look back and honestly it was the greatest thing ever. My friends came back a couple of hours after that, worried about me, but I told everything, and they were also shocked to hear about the behavior of these wolves, except one, the brother of the thief who took the puppy. He punched him right in the jaw and broke it. They didn't speak a couple of years after that. In the forest, they barely survived the pack. The only thing that saved them was the smelly bomb the brother had, not before he was bitten a couple of times. 
Other friends were attacked too until the two friends that were with me came to their rescue with fire. I know the story is incredible and many will say it's fake, but God damn it, it's the best story of my life. And I don't care if people believe me. No one can take that from me. Also, I think since I don't know the whole story in many details, the story seems unreal. But I bet if one of my friends would tell, it would seem more real. Back when I was a high school senior, my buddy and I had a burning desire to ride our dirt bikes in solitude, far away from any disturbances. We ventured up an isolated logging road deep into an area of second growth, dug fur. After setting up camp in a clearing, our plan was to spend a couple of days immersed in this rugged wilderness. During the day, we tore up and down the local trails on our dirt bikes, relishing in the adrenaline-fueled joy of the ride. As dusk approached, signaling the end of our thrilling escapades, we made our way back to camp. However, our path was unexpectedly obstructed by a massive log deliberately placed across the trail. We knew for certain that this log hadn't been there earlier in the afternoon when we had zoomed past multiple times. Its deliberate positioning gave us an unsettling feeling. Considering the log's size, we didn't dare attempt to move it from the trail. Instead, we managed, with great effort, to maneuver our dirt bikes around the barrier. Unease and vulnerability crept into our consciousness, casting doubt on whether we should stay the night at the campsite. But fueled by Budweiser and bolstered by the fact that one of us had brought along his dad's three hundred fifty-seven caliber, we made the decision to tough it out. Sleep evaded us throughout the night, so we built a substantial fire to ward off the darkness and its lurking uncertainties. However, around midnight, our feeble sense of security shattered. A massive rock came hurtling into our camp, followed by the cacophony of something colossal crashing through the undergrowth. The air was rent with otherworldly screams and growls, further unsettling our already frayed nerves. Another rock descended upon us, jolting us into immediate action. With hearts pounding, we sprinted towards our pickup truck and tore down the logging road, heading for the safety of all sea. In our haste, we left behind much of our camping gear, but we had the presence of mind to load our dirt bikes onto the truck earlier. The next day, in broad daylight, we returned to retrieve our abandoned belongings. Fear still lingered, preventing us from thoroughly investigating tracks or seeking other evidence. We hastily gathered what we could and made a swift departure from that eerie place. I live in Australia, and I used to date this girl who lived in one of our national parks, a solid two-hour drive from anything. Anyway, one night it gets to like 2 a.m., and I've got to go home for some reason I can't remember. I'm driving along this pitch-black road, no street lights, thick bush either side of the narrow road. A mess. I'm in a Land Rover Defender, for the uninformed, a fairly boxy car with a flat back. And a flat front, no curves. Anyway, I'm wigging myself out. It's a long drive, and I'm prone to thinking of scary things. After about 30 minutes of driving, I look in my rear-view mirror and see a silhouette of a person sitting in the back seat of the car. I am frozen with fear, 
literally can't take my eyes off them, can't stop driving, can't move. About 30 seconds later and nothing happens. I move my arm up to move the mirror a little to see if I'm seeing things, and as I raise my arm, the person in the back waves at me. I freak out. What the fuck? A car appears from in front of me, driving the other way, and I'm thinking, yes, I'll flag this guy down and get rid of the offender or some shit. But when I look in the mirror again, the person is gone. The car flies past me. I look back, and the person is back again. I turn my head slowly watching the mirror in. My periphery and the person slowly turns its head, too. God damn it, I'm scared. Finally, I slowly grab my jumper in the front seat to throw at the intruder, and in one big motion, I huck it backwards at the person so I could reef on the brakes and get out. Terrible plan, but I'm scared as... Anyway, I realize that the mother F in the back is my reflection off the back window of the car. The boxy shape meant my reflection looked perfectly like someone sitting in the back seat. Might be too late to respond, but one of my friends lives in an apartment complex next to a main road and some stores behind a gas station. It's an old complex and not in the middle of the woods or anything, but there are some back alleys and some trees nearby. Anyway, one night we were up playing Hearthstone or something, and we started hearing this really, really freaky noise. My friend keeps his windows open on the second floor to help with cooling the apartment. We both just kind of sit there, stunned, before I finally ask in a very low voice, What the F is that? It was like a cry, but like no animal had ever heard. Imagine like the freakiest zombie cry in a movie, and it sounded just like that, but loud and right outside. It persisted for about 20 minutes, and we just kind of stopped making noise and didn't do anything that would draw attention to us. Still have no idea what the hell it was. Mentioned it to my friend again just recently. I was fishing a lazy little river bend in southern Indiana one summer. I had ridden my motorcycle into the middle of nowhere, stopped to fish off of a little dirt road. A few hours later, I had wandered up and down the bank a good ways. I ended up getting pretty hung up in what appeared to be a decently deep area. After fighting the line for a bit, I decided to cut the line and my losses and call it a day. I took my knife and snipped the line. Started back up the bank towards the bike and noticed a glint of something shinning in the water. I got closer, waited for the current to clear up a bit and could make out a car bumper. I got down in the water a bit and could make out an old 70s-ish sedan sitting almost nose up in the water. Extremely intrigued, I decided to come back in a few days when the water cleared up. We had just got a decent amount of rain, so cloudy water conditions. I come back a few days later... Water cleared up well, and since it flows for a while over limestone, it was mostly clear. I could make out several cars down in the water. Two old sedans and a pickup. They'd been there for a very long time. Years, at least. I called the local DNR to report it. They said they'd send someone out to take a look. I end up in the area a few months later and just swing by out of blind wonder, and the deep who was devoid of all cars. No telling what the hell the deal was. It did freak me out at first. 
Sorry for the rant. Lots of coffee, this, uh, I'm a... So just like that, something I couldn't see lifted the edge of my bed. I had my TV on a static channel, but had recently gotten in trouble for all my lights being on at night. I've always been afraid of what's in the dark. But my parents couldn't afford the light bill, so I knew I had to turn it off before I fell asleep. I finally got the guts to do so, and I nestle in under my covers to cower until I fall asleep. I'm drifting a little bit. Happy nothing scared me that night when all of a sudden the top right corner of my bed in relation to me lifts up a good foot and a half before falling back down, thumping me along with it. I had just a mattress cause I liked that sort of thing, just laying on the floor by the wall. They didn't lift it all, just the corner by my head. Ah, holes. I jump up so fast and ran to the living room. I checked on all my siblings, checked to hear if my mom and dad were sleeping, and everyone in the house was. I woke my parents reluctantly, but I was sobbing. They told me I could sleep in the living room, but I, I got the creeps in there worse. So I just broke the rules and went to bed with the lights on. But literally to this day, I am taken aback. The memory doesn't scare me. It's been a good 15 years, and I now threaten the things I can't see back like a crazy head, so they know I mean business, but it was so real. It happened, and I can't explain it from today's science. Had to be a ghosty or something. So this happened years ago, easily seven plus. I was hanging out late night or early morning with this chick I had been talking to. Throughout the night, we had been enjoying the night sky, looking at the moon, which was very high in the sky and just overall enjoying a beautiful summer night. It was around 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and she decided to walk home, leaving me alone to smoke a cigarette before I left myself. As I smoked, I looked up at the eastern horizon and just above. The horizon line, I noticed what looked like a very dim, more dark planet. It was larger than the moon, probably 1.5 by the size of the moon, that I could still visibly see much higher in the sky. This dim, dark planet was moving very fast, as the sun and moon also do when rising or setting. It rose rapidly and disappeared in the darkness of the night sky. What could this have been? I don't think it was image refraction in the atmosphere, as the moon was so far away from this planet's position in the sky, and it was too early for the sun to even be close enough to cause anything like this to occur. I'm very curious to hear ideas on what this could have been. I like to explain things logically, and most things can be explained by everyday stuff. For example... Someone says that there's a ghostly knocking in their home. They're terrified of it, and it ends up being a loose pipe that knocks when the water is turned on and off. I have one of these pipes in my home. It's loud. So with that out of the way, I would like to share. This just happened to me about ten minutes ago or less, and I'm confused and slightly alarmed. I was getting ready for bed, and I like to sit and play on my phone before bed. The lights are all on, and I'm just sitting on my side with my phone in my hand. 
My boyfriend isn't there at the moment he was in the bathroom. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I see a bright yet small and focused beam of light coming from seemingly under his pillow at an angle coming towards me. I wasn't scared of it. It's a light. I have many items that create light. Headphones, his watch, my phone, and more. So I'm thinking, oh, he must forgot his watch in bed, and it made a weird light flash for a notification. Big problem, though. There's nothing under the pillow. I lifted it up and looked carefully as to not knock the thing out of the bed, whatever it may have been, and there's nothing. So I'm like, okay, maybe it rolled away and I keep searching. I can't find the object or a source of this beam. The flash was only for a second, a full second, that wasn't super short, but it wasn't so fast that I could blame it on me imagining it. I was looking right at it, man. I saw the beam clear as day. It was so clear that I thought I must have left something in the bed, or maybe my boyfriend did. Clear as day, right in front of my eyes. I couldn't find a source. I removed all the pillows and felt around. There's nothing. My headphones are not in the bed. My boyfriend's watch is in the other room. My phone was in my hand. His phone was on the floor charging. WTF. I told him, and he was chill about it and is now sleeping directly on the spot where the ghost light was so, that makes one of us chill with it. I'm not scared of it. Maybe I am, but I'm more curious and want to get to the bottom of this. I don't know any more guys. It was right in front of me, clear as day. I don't know. It came from under the pillow, and there's nothing there.